Hi, I'm in the fourth glass of wine that got your non-Jewish friend drunk at the Passover Seder, Adiel. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Caroline. And you're tuning in to Bottoms on Top. We're happy to have you. Wow, this episode, I needed this. This will make me neurotypical again. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about Jews. We're going to be talking about queers. We're going to be talking about Jews who are queer and queers who are Jews. Mm -hmm. Since I grew up, like, Catholic, technically... Like, I would go to, like, church, like, every now and then, like, the high holidays. But, like, everyone around me, tell me why, my town was, like, the mega church Christians. <gasps> like, it was the TV ones, like, the, all that kind of shit. Like, oh, the big TVs? Literally, and, like, big, like, young life, like. <gasps> but I think, like, because I went to Catholic school for three years. And, like, after that, I, it was, like, middle school. So, like, I didn't know shit about anything. But I, at the time, was, like, smart enough to realize I was, like, I don't vibe with this. Mm. Like, I was like, this doesn't click for me. Like, I remember my religion teacher went on, like, a rant one day about how homosexuality is, like, sinful because the homosexuals are going to take over the straight race and eliminate them one day. Straight race. Yes. She was like, they're going to take over and eliminate all the heterosexuals one day, and they're demonic, and they're evil, and this and that. Seventh grade me was like, hmm, that's... You know what? I'll do it. <laughs> that sounds like an awful RuPaul's spinoff show. Literally. <laughs> Straight race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Drag Race premiered the other night. Oh. Did you watch it? No. Me either. I've like gotten so... We were so into it. Yes. We were into it. But I think it was just so like... It's so oversaturated mm-hmm. that I'm like, I don't even... I and didn't... It's, it's more oversaturated than season one that had that orange filter on the whole yeah. season. Because <laughs> I didn't even watch the UK one. Mm. I watched a lot. Okay, so I've watched all the other seasons, but I didn't watch the UK. I didn't watch, like, I don't think I finished some of the All-Stars. I'm just not. There's too much. Like, stop it. Right. Like, I still have all the love and respect for the drag community, but I also just found other shows that had queer content and YouTube channels, and I was like, you know what? I don't need it anymore. Like, I started watching a queer skincare specialist on YouTube, and I was like, this is what I need right now. (laughs) This is exactly what I need. (laughs) People have talked about it. Like, Drag Race has become such a formula. You become, like, popular on Instagram. You know, you have the beat. You have the outfits. Money-making machine, yeah. Yes, and then you get on the show, and you do XYZ, and you have social media. You have merch come out. You have this, like, all that. And it's, like, literally just, like, a you follow steps 1 to 10, to, like, become a great drag queen. Mm. And it's, like, so, like, boring. Right. But I have been watching the new episodes of, oh, those were really good. <gasps> See, I even fell out of that. I did fall out of that for a while because I thought the editing was also becoming too saturated. But this the newest really? season, it's good. So when we went to see, what is it, War on the Catwalk? <gasps> yes. So seeing Miss Cracker, uh-huh. that was, like, a total game changer for me because I was like oh she's whatever she's yeah hyped up but her Jewish jokes were so like that was like I felt so related to in that moment oh yeah it was really it was a really good moment for I me. loved oh I forgot that she, I see I probably wouldn't have even got them so let's bring it back to Judaism I'm from the Torah belt <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's like DC Philly New York and I grew up around Judaism but most people didn't really perceive me as Jewish, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, even the non-Jews, they didn't. They kind of looked at me as ethnically ambiguous, and I would get a lot of questions mm. uh, around that. So I didn't really feel like I got the whole experience. Like, I didn't go to Jewish day school. I didn't go to the summer camp, none of that. So I got most of my cultural consumption from movies, TV shows, books. So I feel like 
a very different type of Jew compared mm. to the rest of Penn. I don't feel like I'm different from the rest of America, but I do feel very different at Penn. Oh. Because my experience is very, you know. Yeah. So that's why I'm really excited for this episode is to hear how other people's experiences compare to mine and like yeah. what people can relate to. But that's like, that's my like personal shtick. I love that though. No, it's really cool to like hear how different people's experiences can be and like their upbringings and stuff. Right. Like, and you're kind of like a blank slate. Because you knew one Jew. Literally, I don't know shit about anything. Regardless, I'm excited to talk about Judaism. I'm excited to see how this goes. And also to talk about how that comes into queerness. Because we never talk about that stuff in regular yeah. Jewish spaces. Or, like, even religion in general with, like, queerness. Like, I remember, like, going to Atlanta Pride in high school. And there would be, like, you know, boots and stuff everywhere. And I'd be with my friend. And there would be, like, so many boots that were, like, Christian churches that were, like... When you uh, say boots... Booths. Booths. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the house down? <laughs> so at Atlanta Pride, my friend and I'd be walking and there would be so many churches that had booths up that were like, oh, like we accept like whoever you are. Like we accept everyone. Like love doesn't judge. And oh. I was like, so that was such a like crazy thing. Like every single church I've seen before is like, no, 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 no. So seeing that, I was like, oh, places like these exist. Like Interesting. So shook by that. That never happened to me either until um, my first spring break. So spring break, freshman year, I went to uh, D.C. for a week. It was part of alternate spring break or mm. now called Penn Alternative Breaks. And it's a service learning trip. Like we just did a bunch of community service, uh, had important discussions, ton of different topics. But the whole time we stayed in this church hostel, uh, the Church of the Pilgrims, which is in like northwestern D.C. and like DuPont Circle area, which is a very wealthy area. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, But the church itself, like grandiose, like super, super tall tower, like the your very like traditional conception of a church. But it had this giant, giant Black Lives Matter flag and a pride flag like draping down the front of it. Wow. And it's so like the church is here. I'm like, well, I was so shook when I came to Penn, too, that the churches had pride flags and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, right. that's like crazy. The one with I the Iron Gate Theater, mm-hmm. that one, I'm pretty sure that's how, where they run um, the Queer Christian Fellowship out of. Oh, whoa. And I'm like, we have that? So speaking of spring break, I am going to West Palm Beach, Ooh. Florida, Ooh. the Panhandle, <laughs> right? Or is that Oklahoma? <laughs> I don't know. But I think it's a cute, like, just like a fun, like, relaxing spring break. I'm not going the whole time. Like, I'm going to come back because I like, I feel like for breaks, I love having like a short amount of time to just like lay in my bed for four days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just doing nothing, playing Sims. So what are you doing for spring break? So my friend and I, Alan, shout out to you, friend of the podcast. Alan and I are going to Barcelona and then Paris. <gasps> I'm going to Europe for the first time. Oh my god. We're going god. to Portugal. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, wait. That is so cool. Which one are you more excited for? Um, well, we're gonna be spending more time in Paris. So that's really exciting for me. Like I grew up watching um Damon and Joe. If you know, they're like no. these they're these travel YouTubers. They both live in New York and they're like they live in squabble. Like they they <laughs> they take their paychecks and they're like we're buying the, like, cheapest rooms that we can find. So they don't spend that much time at home. They just spend as much time as they can traveling. And they're both polyglots. So they, like, spend a lot of time learning new languages <gasps> and wow. cultures. So they, like, they're really relatable. They're close to our age. And so they'll travel the world and they'll, like, vlog it in a really consumable manner. It's, like, really interesting to watch. Oh, my gosh. So I I grew up watching, like, videos of them in Paris being, like, these <sighs> are the cheapest places to buy bagels. And it's really cute. So I think I'm more excited to confirm my like already existing love for paris and parisian culture but barcelona i think is going to surprise me you should watch before you go 
the movie Climax. Oh, okay. Writing it's, that down. Okay, yeah. So it's this like it was an A twenty four movie that's mm. in French, and it is about this like dance team or these people are auditioning to be on this dance team. They're like, I would die for dance. I love dance. Like all this stuff, and then it cuts to like them doing a dance routine. And then it cuts to them at this party, like, for the cast, all of them oh. on the team. And they're all having punch, and someone spikes the punch with acid. <gasps> no. And so uh, no one knows who it is. And everyone, no one knows that it was spiked, so they all start tripping. And all hell fucking breaks loose. Oh and so the whole movie, are like, figuring out what's going on, like, who did it, all this stuff. And it is crazy. But it's in French. Wow. So... <laughs> And it's A24, so you know it's like visually. Yes. Oh, you know it's an art piece. Speaking of movies that are highly acclaimed, did you see Parasite? Parasite, I did not watch, but I went to an Oscars watch party with actually one of our guests from today, Aiden. Ooh. Um, and we were like freaking out over the translator for the <laughs> at the Oscars. She's a queen. Literally such a queen. What a gem. I love that. Okay, so I'm excited to get in this episode because this is a learning curve for me. Yep. I'm excited to learn about all of this stuff and about about a world I don't even know about. Yeah. So, so Aiden, David, you're some goofballs. We're excited to have you. And Jess and Emily. We're going to get to some serious business. We're going to figure it all out today. <laughs> so, listeners, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Welcome back, listeners. We are joined by two amazing, lovely Jews, David and Aiden. Love you both. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Hey, I'm Aiden. I'm a Jew. I'm a Capricorn from Connecticut. It's kind of all you need to know. <laughs> um, David Aries Maryland <laughs> Begrudgingly Begrudging, Begrudgingly the state of Maryland <laughs> How do you two know each other? Yeah, you know, how does anyone know anyone really <laughs> on this campus? Uh, I feel like our souls were tethered in a previous life And they were reconnected here And that's on that mm-hmm. And you are both, I understand, part of a fraternity on campus mm-hmm. Indeed we are Which one? Sigma Alpha Mu. The, the fine men of Sammy. Yeah. Some people call it Sammy's. And that is incorrect, uh, but you're, we're okay with it. Alternatively. So I imagine you've had some time to get to know the Jews through Sammy, through Pen Life. Um, what, what do we call here? Jew Pen. Jew Pen. University yeah. of Pennsylvania. Oh. <laughs> wow. And we queered it. Do you know how Jewish Pen is? I think it's like 25%, right? 20%? I, I heard a statistic that, um, and obviously... Not all Jews are white, but that if you were to like point at a white person at Penn, they were more likely to be Jewish than not. Hmm. I heard it was fifty percent of all white people are Jewish at Penn, and then also there's non-white Jews. But yeah. So, based on that, we're assuming that you know Jews really well, and we're assuming that you've gotten to know Jewish names really well. Oh no! So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna introduce you to a little game based on the idea of Jewish names and how stereotypical they can get. I've selected a list of names. And some of them are real Penn students, and some of them are not. But all of them are Jewish names. That's awesome. <laughs> and so you're going to have to determine if these are real names or not. Of, of Jews at Penn. Of Jews at Penn, okay. yes. And growing up in a little shtetl in Connecticut really prepared me for this. <laughs> so the kicker here is you have to agree on whatever you think it is, if it's real or not. Or I won't tell you the answer. Look me in the eyes, David. Our, that's our, <laughs> that is our weakest trait, is agreeing. <laughs> so, Are you ready to start? Let's do it. Let's go. First name, Amanda Blumenfeld. I feel like yes. <laughs> I don't know. No. Like maybe. Let's just we'll go for it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you are incorrect. Fuck. That is <laughs> See, a fake person. Listen to me now. <laughs> All right, no, I wait. Aiden's in charge of the team from now on. <laughs> Caroline, you're keeping score for this one. Yes. Second name, Isaac Bloom. Oh, wait, I know that we person. We know him very well. That's a person. Yes, we have this in the bag. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, real person? Correct. Real person. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, third name, Adina Barrick. Oh, shit. If, I mean, like, I know Adidas, I know Barracks. I don't know an Adina Barrick at Penn, though, so I'm going to say no. If this is, like, some freshman who we've... <laughs> that's so... You know what? Yeah, I trust Aiden. <laughs> so is no the correct answer? Yeah. No. No is the correct answer. Yes. Yay, I just think right. I do feel like like I could start, like, an ASMR channel of just, like, whispering Jewish names. <laughs> Jonathan Mendelssohn. So do you know why so many of these Jews just, like, have the same names? Anyone have any insight? I'm, I'm curious, honestly. My understanding is because we were all forced to have last names. So Jews don't traditionally have last names. Usually you're, like, David, son of Andrew, you know, but in Hebrew. Um, but when we moved either in whatever, in, like, Eastern European countries or whatever countries, we were forced to have last names for, like, census, data-keeping purposes. So that's why a lot of Jewish names, especially Ashkenazi names, sound like a profession because they're literally just their profession or like a mountains like bloom means mountain or like schneider is a tailor or, yeah, you know like a lot like of that. random german words like my last name is writer which means a horseback rider uh-huh. and it was because my family were like poor ass saddle makers in romania mm. Whoa. i heard apple bomb apple tree yep those names were, like they are like exactly like boring wasp names but in german <laughs> like apple tree or something yeah it's cute like angle is just angel in german oh and what's bar um, bar, bar's a whole story. Bar, like, is actually, like, fake. Like, it's not really what we were back, like, way, way back. It was, I don't really know where this one comes from, but in Poland, my, like, great-grandparents were, and you're gonna laugh, because it's like, thank God we got rid of it, but Koplanski. <laughs> What's wrong with Koplanski? Nothing's wrong with that. Koplanski. Um. <laughs> wow, some Koplanski listeners are really and offended then, right now. And then, and then my, my grandparents overly there so their parents my great-grandparents escaped the holocaust went to palestine and at the time it was what you did was you changed your name to something like hebrew to like be part of like the sort of zionist movement and so then it would change to bar cohen which means son of a son of a cohen son of a priest basically yeah like high priest son of a rabbi whatever you want to call it and then when they came to the u.s eventually it got sort of bastardized into bar which is actually like an irish last name Hmm. where's is a lot from my, I think, great-grandfather's first name was Ezeel, which is, like, a derivative of Ezekiel in our language. And I think it was just, like, also a similar Holocaust-type story. Yeah, very boring. But I love it. it yeah, it's good. a great last name. Three syllables, three syllables. I really appreciate it. I, I heard the first names also can be part of, like, that covenant with God that's, like, you have to, like, recycle first names from, like, the times of Egypt. And that's... Yeah. Have I ever told the story of my first name in this show? No. I don't think I have. My parents didn't name me. My cousin was in the room with my parents when, like, I was born. And she was just like, yeah, I like Adiel. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they probably yeah. would have named me something stupid like George. So, are you ready for the next name? Misha Feldman. If they exist at Penn, they're very much an OCP. This is when I really wish I had gone to those, like, Hillel leadership meetings mm-hmm. that I never, <laughs> never, never attended. What do you think? I think no. I mean, I feel like it's so improbable it has to be yes. Fine. Yes, I'll go with you. Oh, no. Last time I went with me, it went horribly wrong. And that's why I'm going to let you learn the lesson. <laughs> Wait, say, say the name one more time. Let me try to channel this energy. Misha Feldman. Misha. I know a Misha Feldman. 
Maybe he's checking. You. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. Uh, let's let's go for yes. Yes is the incorrect answer. Oh, damn it! I should have gone wrong. Uh, <laughs> felt wrong. <laughs> it felt wrong. It felt so right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's not right, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Zachary Reznikov. I do know a Zach Reznikov, so yes. <laughs> you know, I trust you. <laughs> do you? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, it rolls let's, off let's the go, tongue. Let's go for a yes. Yes is the correct answer. His oh. brother went to my high school. Diana Goldberg. There aren't, see, they don't make Dianas these days. That's <laughs> not really uh... But if anybody were to make a Diana these days, it would be the Jews. Um... Uh, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you on that one. No. No is the correct answer. Mm. Listeners, if you're keeping up at home, keep score. Keep <laughs> yeah, because I forgot already. So. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> Do it for me. Sam Mitchell. A Jew? It doesn't seem like a Jewish name, which I think that maybe there's a Sam Mitchell at Penn that he's, you know. Like adopted or something? Or like, you know, like really anglified. We're doing Jewish people only. I feel like yes, but you got, I, I trust your God, David. See, but every time we do that, you know what? I know, it's that, fine. I like setting up for failure. <laughs> so what are we going with? I have to stand by my, my original. Not a Jew at Penn. That is incorrect. <laughs> I thought so. Uh, <laughs> Sam Mitchell is the former <laughs> podcast producer <laughs> for this show. <laughs> Still goes to Patton. We love you, Sam. This is surprisingly hard. I know, right? (laughs) Hannah Baumgarten. That's a strong yes for me. I think that's a yes. That's got to be. There's got to be two at least. (laughs) There are two. (laughs) I feel bad for them. Um, No, just having someone with the same first and last name. Wait, there are actually two of them? I think so. That's wild. If rumors get spread. Crazy. Imagine that. Imagine. Gabriel Rubenstein. Hmm. Rubenstein? Hmm. It's definitely Rubenstein, not Rubenstein. I mean, I don't know how it's pronounced. It was, I saw it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> so I know Sam Rubenstein. I wonder if they're related. But he went by Steen, not Stein. Hmm. 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 Gabriel. Gabriel. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Gabriel. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with you on that. No. no is the correct answer. A- Wrong roll. Gabby Weiss. That's got to be real. That's a... If they're not real, they were here 10 years ago. That's like a fastball right down the middle. Like, that's tough. That's tough. I'm going to say yes. And we say yes. And yes is the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline, you want to give a shout out to our girl Gabby? Oh, well, it's actually kind of an incorrect answer. She's my friend, but she does not go to Penn. Oh, that's right. But she does listen to the podcast. She's from she's from fucking Georgia with me. Long time listener. She's from coming Georgia with me. (laughs) Are you from coming? Yes. That's the best thing ever. I'm always like Atlanta. And then my actual town is called Cumming, Georgia, spelled like how you think it is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So love that. But she was probably the only, I think there was two Jewish people in my town and she was Mm -hmm. one of them. Seems like a very excitable town. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. I just had a curiosity. Do you feel like the name of your town like affected some of like the gender and sexuality politics that, that occurred within it? That's a good question. Well, being in the Bible Belt, there was not much going on in terms of like talking about sex in high school like we had like health class for a semester and you're supposed to have like a sex ed unit the month that we were supposed to have the unit they were renovating the health classrooms so they're like let's skip it so i've never had a sex ed class in my life i don't know what sex is (laughs) someone tell me i think how about for the last the remainder of the names we do speed round down so you only have five seconds to determine whether this is a real person or not Sam Perlman. Yes. Yes. Wrong. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I know Sam Perlman, who was in Sammy and graduated and was my boss this summer. So. 
Oh, but so there you, is no Sam Perlman up on right now. So you're, you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Levin. No. Yes. Oh. oh. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Yes is the incorrect answer. Oh, God damn it! Okay, I, I gotta listen you to you now. I gotta... Joshua Lubin. Oh yes. Sure. <laughs> yep, that's correct. <laughs> Aviva Hervitz. Yes. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Benjamin Sachs. Yes. No. Yeah, the son of you know. Goldman. And time is up. You didn't agree. <laughs> so you can't find out. <laughs> Stuart Mendelson. No. No one names their kids. Oh my too. god, for sure. I've definitely met one of these these boys. Like right now. At, um... David, time's running out. Yes. And time is up. <laughs> Fine, yes. Nope. <laughs> not a real I person. Told you agreed, I told you. Agree was not our strong suit. And that's why we brought you on. <laughs> <laughs> Last name. Make it count. Sarah Krasner. Yes. Yes. Incorrect. No. <laughs> reason not to all the speed around. And that not, is the end of our game. That concludes it. I've never been so cucked by a game <laughs> in my whole life. I've I never thought, felt less Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> everything's in crisis right now. Oh, the world. What are, is everything's burning. <laughs> so that concludes our game. Fellas, I hope you enjoyed. Thank you both for coming on today. This was amazing. I loved it. And... Come back anytime. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. A little man, little Lola wants you. Welcome back, listeners. So today, we're going to keep going with this Jewish stuff. We have two amazing, amazing guests. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Emily. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, so I'm a senior at the University of Pennsylvania, um, studying uh, English uh, with an emphasis in creative writing and gender studies with a focus in performance and film. And I am a senior nursing major. I'm actually in Caroline's same nursing class. That's how we met. But I also am minoring in creative writing. Yes. So I understand that both of you identify as queer Jewish women. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Correct. Yes, we love to see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So we got a few questions prepared for y'all to discuss queerness, Judaism, how they intersect, how they're different, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get right into it. I think the first thing that we could do, which I think could be pretty interesting, is to break down the stereotypes of the Jewish woman. Does anyone want to lead us in like what they think the stereotype of the Jewish woman is in today's world? Well, something that first came to mind for me is like the Orthodox woman. Um, typically, I think people think that uh, Jewish women are really... Um, like kind of keep to themselves and you know they're usually like wearing wigs and they're very quiet and they're not allowed to talk quote unquote to other men um and it's kind of this like image of um like repression which i don't think is you know true at all yeah it's funny that you say that because i kind of went in the opposite direction of more like the like mazel type jew who's mm -hmm. like loud and boisterous and, like likes to be the center of attention and uh tells stories entertainers that kind of thing likes to host shit. Those are the Jewish woman stereotypes that I like grew up around and I'm comfortable with, I guess. I, I didn't grow up in an Orthodox community. All of my family is like very much Jewish, but like super, super non-religious. So. I'm the same way though, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which I think um, when you're talking about stereotypes, I think it also depends on um, how religious we're talking because mm -hmm. really, really religious women have certain stereotypes. But um, for secular Jews, probably mm -hmm. like us, um, there is a completely different, there's definitely like the party mom <laughs> that I'm thinking of at bat mitzvahs. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I um, love I love how you brought up Miss Maisel because, yes, she as a character brings up a lot of really accurate depictions of Jewish women from, let's say, half a century ago. But 
the actress is a goy woman. <gasps> no, she isn't. Mm-hmm. Yes, God. And for the listeners, I did not say gay. I said goy, <laughs> which means a Gentile, a non-Jew. Oh, yes. I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah, so for the listeners, I don't know what we're talking about today. You're you're a goy. I'm, <laughs> you're both a goy and a gay, though. Oh, yes. okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Miss Maisel, for sure, I feel like I for sure am with the whole camp of Yes, there are differences between the religious women and the non-religious women, but so much of the stereotyping from the non-Jewish eye, especially in America, is puts Jewish women in this crazy box. And like, I think the trope is very much like not afraid to speak her mind, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time is over caring and over zealous mm-hmm. about her ambitions, and is like the Jewish mom stereotype, which I very much relate to is like the one who's always carrying around a first aid box and who packs like 15 sandwiches to a picnic. I was going to say, I have a question. Yes. So I, growing up in the good old South, only knew one single Jewish person growing up in my whole entire like county. So growing up, were you guys surrounded by a big Jewish community or were you like the few Jewish people in your county or anything? I grew up in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, PA, um, which is, I think, one of the top three most populated Jewish places in the world, along with Brooklyn and Jerusalem. Um, (laughs) So I grew up in a really populated Jewish um, place, but uh, I think that that's super not like a lot of people's experiences. Like for me, all my friends were Jewish. I didn't even know that Christianity was the prominent religion until sixth grade when I went to a public school. Um, There are Hanukkah mobiles around in our community. In the winter, like big Hanukkah, like plastic (laughs) menorahs, big menorahs, and they light up every night and the cars drive around with them. Like every car has them. Like (laughs) everything's kosher. There's like a lot of delis. Like I come from like a really Jewish populated part of America for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Mac Miller, hometown of Mac Miller. And it was Khalifa. (gasps) With Khalifa? (laughs) (laughs) Not him. (laughs) Cut those cameras right now. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Philly. I definitely had like a Jewish population growing up. I went to a Jewish preschool. I did not go to Hebrew school like later in life. And I, so I was bat mitzvahed, sort of like a shotgun bat mitzvah at my brother's bar mitzvah. I like said one <laughs> prayer when I was like 16 and they're like, all right, like you're, you're a Jew now. Um, but, <laughs> but I definitely like, you know, my entire family is Jewish. My mom's side is Ashkenazi. My dad's side is Sephardic. And so I was like surrounded by like, a lot of, I guess, like, different pieces of Jewish culture from, like, a pretty young age. Went to a lot of bar and bat mitzvahs in seventh grade, though. So, like, enough of a community that that, like, wasn't a rarity, which, like, I know in a lot of places it, it is. That's so interesting. I My family immigrated to the U.S. in 2004, and we lived in northeast Philly the whole time. We moved around a lot, but we, we stayed there. And the neighborhoods were very much, if there were Jews, interestingly enough, they were Jews of color because mm-hmm. the white Jews left to the Philly suburbs during white flight. And also in, like, the most recent decades. So really, the Jews in my school, not that many to begin with, but I personally identify as not Sephardi or any of those. My family is Caucasian, is the way we say it. It's, like, from the (laughs) Caucasus Mountains, but Mm. but we're not Caucasian. (laughs) Funny story, the reason that we call Caucasian the way we call it is because the European typologist, which is, like, the racial classification system the taxonomy system the person who invented the system that we still use today he met this woman from georgia who he thought was the most beautiful woman in the world so he named the whole race after her <gasps> wow and that's why we call it caucasian but so we are from the caucasus mountain ranges wow. we are not white have you either of you guys done 23 and me by chance <gasps> my brother did it okay so 
get this. We are 90... Wait, I might get wrong. I'm excited (laughs) you're going to say. (laughs) We are 96.3% Middle Eastern North African, and they Mm. don't break it down any further than that. Mm. And the rest of it, South Italian. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. We have a theory that uh, there's a port city in Sardinia or something where there was just, like, a lot of trading going around, and my family's, like, peasants, so they would have been doing a lot of trading back then. So that's what could happen. I don't know if there was like a fling in Italy. <laughs> How about There's you? There's a fling in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I say as if I've ever had a fling in Italy. <laughs> um, I'm 99.97% Ashkenazi Jew. <laughs> and then point, um, I think, zero three, if I'm doing the math correctly, just broadly European. <laughs> There's some flavor there. It's a little, a little spicy. Not a lot of flavor, but very Jewish. Very Jewish. I love that. Jess, do you know oh, heritage? Um, so I don't know, like, my exact breakdown, but I know that, like, my dad's side uh, has the Sephardic flavor, as it were. So, like, I know that my his mom lived in Iraq. My mom's side is, like, Russian, Hungarian, Polish, like a mix of white Jew. That's really interesting to see the array of different backgrounds on the, around the table because we are all Jewish and we all identify as Jewish and queer but I think the Penn stereotype is one type of Jew who goes to Penn and so it's interesting that we have like diversity here. I'm curious I'm just out here as an outsider so what is like Judaism stance on being queer? A brief differentiation is so we were talking about like Ashkenazi, Sephardic, Mizrahi etc and all of those are ethnic backgrounds okay. and then there are the religious backgrounds that you bring up so those are mostly what you can call denominational, is reform, conservative, etc. They vary, is what I'll say. Please inform me. But I think that a lot of the texts that people refer to when they're determining their religiosity on the viewpoints is Sodom and Gomorrah, which is like this, very similar to what Christians will point out. And that's just the story of two men who like came to a town and like the town was already pretty sinful and so god was like yeah i'm gonna smite this town if they don't do better and then they didn't do better and there was like sort of an orgy and then that like because men were involved and it was like man shall not lie with man god was like yeah smiting sodom and gomorrah and that's where we get sodomy as a term from oh oh my god so (laughs) i did not know i was coming to lecture here i know (laughs) but i think that also depends on your interpretation so a lot of what the purpose of judaism is is to interpret the text and mm-hmm. in the time and place in which it's relevant to you. And so that's what a rabbi is for. A rabbi is not necessarily a priest. Their job is mostly to be interpreters representing their people for wherever they're living in whatever time. That's why, like, for example, Jews who believe in Shabbat and like keeping Shabbat in a mm-hmm. way that's like traditional is like you don't use light switches, even though like light switches didn't exist in the time of the Torah. The reason is because it's interpreted to be an extension of doing work, which mm-hmm. is what you're not supposed to do on mm-hmm. Shabbat. So mm-hmm. that interpretations can vary on what Sodom and Gomorrah is. And a lot of it in modern day reform Judaism is like the idea is not that being gay is wrong. So there's an, different interpretations of it. And like that also gets very political. From growing up, everyone in my community did not seem to have a problem with gay people. And I'm not sure if that comes from the fact that gay people were also one of the groups of people who were getting killed during the Holocaust along with Jews. And maybe there's this feeling of solidarity that kind of happened. Like Jews, I think, sometimes can create relationships with other minorities, you know, being minorities, you know, banding together. And I think also 
Part of it might be just that there aren't a lot of Jews. You know, we don't have a lot of picking and choosing in Christianity. I think there's like this really solid belief that um, you have to follow the Bible and being gay is bad. And I've never heard a Jewish person like cite the Bible to a gay person to say like being gay is bad. Like I, mm. I simply have never. And I, and I do know other like older gay Jews and from what I've seen in the community, they are definitely accepted. So that's like something good, I guess. Yeah, most people I've met are accepting, but I do think that things become complicated when very pro-Israel Jews become Trump supporters who become sort of rolled in with a mm. lot of other issues as well. And so like, yeah, just it, it just kind of gets sticky. Yeah, for me. So I was actually raised Orthodox, which is a traditional take on Judaism and even in Orthodox Judaism you acknowledge that important people in the Torah which is like the main religious text are queer openly so and so like I remember learning about Resh Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan these are just like two important figures they were lovers male lovers and it's very openly acknowledged and I remember there was like this text about Resh Lakish encountering uh, Yochanan and like and then like swimming in a lake naked together and Resh Lakish noticed that Yohanan's body was like the most gorgeous body that he'd seen and he had the strength of femininity I think is the translation which is very interesting and so they went on to like write very important texts that we still follow a lot of them relating to repentance thank you for educating me on that yes I think a lot of the ways that I learned about this and how to reinterpret my orthodoxy and my religiosity in a queer context was through other queer Jews so let's do a lighthearted question. To yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are there any queer or Jewish folks that we should be on the lookout for? I'm going to plug my closest friend, Molly Kirschenbaum, a very, very talented musician. Look up uh, Hava on Spotify. They're uh, coming for you all, and it's going to yes. be a world domination situation. Yeah. Also, the show Transparent is just dope, and anyone who's interested in queer Jews, especially like in the 21st century. But what about Ezra Miller? <gasps> I have had oh. the biggest crush on him forever. Oh, I would let that man do. Mm. He's Jewish. Wow. Yeah, see, I feel like, yeah, growing up Catholic, I think the only thing I knew really about Judaism as a kid was like that rabbis could be women. And I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. And I was like, why the fuck are there only male priests in the Catholic Church? Like, they're always like, oh, there's a shortage of priests. I'm like, well, <laughs> what are, nuns are chilling, chillaxing, <laughs> like, waiting. I feel like there are some really cool Jewish drag queens to look out for. Ooh. In New York, I know Lady Synagoga. Love her. <laughs> <laughs> she's so, <laughs> she's lit. I think activists, I really like Adam Eli, who is this New York-based activist for Jewish rights. A lot of their stuff is very much centered on gayness and Judaism, but there's a lot of outreachy social justice activism. And then my favorite, who's like my most recent crush, I was watching Are You the One season eight and the resident relationship expert for the season. Her name is Dr. Frankie Bashan. We stand lesbian Jewish goddess. <laughs> Jewish queen. We love to hear it. Oh my God. And that's the tea on that. I want to ask, can we talk about how Judaism is gendered for a minute? <sighs> yeah. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but I think yeah. it, it could be worthwhile to talk about. I mean, where are we are we going to start about how the fact that our services are supposed to be divided? Are we going there? Mm-hmm. Wh- where are we starting here? I mean, it starts from birth, right? Like the idea of circumcision yes. happening on the eighth day of a quote unquote boy's life. That's like very early. Mm-hmm. The bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah divide. 
mm-hmm. is very gendered, and there's no real way to like bring that outside of a gender. Unless there are people today who like want to do. I think it's called a b'nai mitzvah when you make it gender neutral. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, because a b'nai mitzvah is like also for for just more than one person. So oh, I guess okay. they. So I I was not a not a gender neutral. Uh, just I thought a, it just a twin. Mm. <laughs> situation was the yes i'm also like thinking about you know women having to wear wigs because only your husband should be able to see your real hair in my community because it was so jewish there used to be orthodox boys that would stand on all the corners and they would um try to kind of like impromptu bar mitzvah you kind of like how you mm. were talking about and those boys i remember from a young age learning like they wouldn't touch me like i couldn't high five mm. them i'd see them every day and i'd be like oh my god hi and you know there's that divide in the orthodox religion you men and women shouldn't touch before marriage. That's so interesting because then what do you do if you're bi? Right, exactly, yeah. Like, Just you can't get touched by anyone. <laughs> do you think that those people end up breaking the rules? I've met Orthodox people at Penn who said that in their high school, gay people and lesbians are like, they just interpret it for themselves and like mm. do it that way. But they, when I ask them about people who are not just gay and lesbian, like people who are trans, people who are bi, they yeah. had no idea. That can also be so hard because even if you're like a young trans kid and you're getting, you know, bat mitzvah or bar mitzvah and even just that name, it's so, it is so binary. Yeah, I've been thinking about sort of the stereotypical feminization of Jewish men, particularly straight Jewish men. Yes. Um, there's been a lot that's sort of been said about how Jewish men like aren't quote unquote real men, kind of like a similar sort of thing that's like been applied to East Asian men in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, it's something that me and my brother talk about like a fair amount because he's sort of like a straight macho dude. Like we have a lot in common, but really none of those things. And he, he's always like, yeah, like I, I always get so pissed when like I see a Jewish guy who's like fulfilling that stereotype because it's like, I want us to seem stronger, to look stronger. And even like a movie like Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. is kind of trying to subvert that stereotype of, you know, like Jewish men can fight and Jewish men can be tough and they can be this and that. And I mean, like my brother goes to school in the South and he was saying that people there have even said to him like, oh, well, you're like, you're like an Israeli Jew. You're like a Middle Eastern Jew. You're like a tough Jew. And that is horrible and horrifying, obviously. But I think also something that, you know, in terms of like American ideals of masculinity and sort of like wasp masculinity as being like this kind of like archetype that everyone's trying to fulfill. It's something that, yeah, I I think is really troubling. And there's really no good way to kind of fully subvert it because you obviously don't want to fall into tropes of toxic masculinity. And when you're trying to become a man, but like also you don't want those things said about you either. So yeah, I think that um, gender and Judaism even outside of like a uh, the context of like religious texts definitely is is something that I think about a lot. Do you think being a gay Jewish man that pressure has been taken off of you at all, Adiel? I I've definitely been called an overly sensitive person before, so I do think that that is in line with my identity, but in terms of people's expectations of me, I guess it does make sense that for people to see me and to read me as queer, they just automatically assume yeah, there's a lot of femininity to his personality. At the same time, you know, it's 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 a weird... Like, I also am very often perceived as an Israeli Jew, and so I think a lot of those stereotypes are placed on me as well. Um, and so it's, it is a lot of internal conflict with that, especially because I personally feel like when I am in Jewish spaces, I'm navigating it as a queer person. When I'm in queer spaces, I'm navigating it as a Jewish person because there's mm-hmm. just so much anti-religiosity in the queer community, which I understand, which is very warranted, Mm -hmm. but then it just makes it very hard, especially in the context of relationships. Like, at some point, I was just like, the next person I date kind of has to be a Jew because I'm just over it. Like It's hard. It's That's my mom's my mom's whole thing. Both my mom and my dad were both married to non-Jewish people before they were married to each other, and they both got divorces. And they would never tell me, I can't marry who I don't want to marry, but 
they've definitely been, they think being Jewish is very important. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking an Italian-American film studies class, and we've talked a lot about sort of the similarities between the way that Italians kind of conceptualize their identities and the way that Jews conceptualize their identities, particularly with regards to the family and, and marriage and kind of this like gray area zone of something being like, sort of a religion, sort of an ethnicity to some people or like other cultural group and how that the way people form like kinship ties changes. Everyone in my family is pretty much a Jew who has married a Jew and the people that have gotten divorced married non-Jews. And that is yeah. something that people make jokes about and like say shit about. At the same time, my parents, they've explicitly said to me, we don't care about the religion of who you marry. However, there's sort of like this like underlying sense of like, but you know, it's going to work out really good if it's a Jew. Mm -hmm. And I think like also... You know, but like in terms of my personal experiences, I've been in love with people that aren't Jewish. But but at the same time, there is like a sense of familiarity or comfort I have um, in terms of when I just am like around another Jewish person. Cause like I think just like sense of humor, kind of like mm -hmm. yeah. some stuff that you can kind of just you don't have to explain. I think a lot of the references are the same. And can I pick up on the Jewish humor piece? Yes. I feel like that is so valuable to Jews. And I think it's also inherently tied to the idea of growing from trauma, which is very, mm -hmm. very informative for the Jewish experience because your shoulders are carrying the weight of the past generations. And Breyer, a friend of the podcast who's been on here before, told me once about like this theory of the trauma that's passed down by generations and the Holocaust generation passed down their trauma to their children in a very direct path in terms of it being shared. It wasn't just given it was sh very much shared and there's a lot of movies that were done about that and so the generation after them is the first generation who's not just inheriting the trauma but trying to grow from it and separate themselves from it and that's us we, we are the third generation out yeah. so it's like very difficult to navigate that so i think jewish humor is very very valuable and we should acknowledge that so i think something that's very important what do you think that solidarity and allyship for our people could look like from the LGBTQ community, from the Jewish community, or from people in general? I think that's something I think about with Judaism and queerness as it plays into my everyday life. I know that the way I present, I can pass as straight and I can pass as non-Jewish. I do not usually do either. And usually people read me right in both ways. But I think it's because those are two parts of my identities that like I hold very closely and so I want kind of to let people know right away that like if they like me they better like those two things about me or be not bothered by them or else like we're gonna have a problem but I grew up every day hearing like you were Jewish you're never gonna be anything but Jewish and I'm never gonna be anything but queer either and like yeah I think just let people carry their identities into a space without automatically assuming or presuming that it means something about their other politics amen <laughs> it's a Jewish period <laughs> <laughs> kind of going off of that, being Jewish and being queer are two political things in this time right now. I guess I first want to say that being a queer Jewish person means that you are political. Um, and that doesn't always mean you have to be involved in politics, but I think that means you do have to be aware of it. And there have been times in history, I think, when Jewish people and queer people have linked up with like other minority groups. There was a really large period of time when Jewish people and black people were like fighting together in solidarity. And that was really cool. And there was a time, you know, when women and like queer women were fighting together. And so I think that that needs to happen a little bit more. The biggest barrier, I think, in that is whiteness and whiteness in capitalism, you know, obviously taking over and making it harder for these groups to kind of like come together and kind of pushing people apart and reminding them of their differences. And I think that pride, you know, being such like a big corporation and being controlled by corporations right now is making it really hard for us to kind of all mm -hmm. band together and like have solidarity with each other. With that lovely, lovely message to our listeners, thank you both for coming on today. I feel like this was 
validating for me as a queer Jew. I hope it was for you too. Thank you for having us. You've just tuned into this episode of Bottoms on Top. Thank you to our guests on today's episode. Thank you to the Wexler Studio and Kelly Ryder's House, our executive creative consultant, Sammy Gordon, our DP podcast producer, Alex Druggan, our DP president, Isabella Simonetti, our assistant editor, Evie Artis, and thank you to all our lovely listeners. 